Bonjour, ladies. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Café Rue de Soufflé. And I hope you're enjoying either a nice glass of wine or a cup of coffee. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Pam. Happy to see you at the café once oh, again. Yes, yes. It's And it's such a lovely evening sitting here. Lovely evening sitting here in the café, watching all the cars go by waiting for Cassia to come up and uh, go off to uh, her apartment across the yes. street. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's so nice to see our friends joining us, Joni and Tierra, Betty and, and Lorraine. Mm -hmm. Glad to have you all on and I'm with so, us today. And I'm so glad you're drinking a nice cup of tea. I'm looking for the glass of wine that I had. It's been, maybe Jacques took it. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow. We need so, to find that Jacques. Yeah, we back. do. We do. I need my wine. Trust me. <laughs> I know. I so, know how you get without your wine, Pam. I know. It's terrible, you know. I mean, I, 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 just, uh, I just start rambling about anything and uh, we go on and on. So... <laughs> How's your week been? It's been quite hectic. It's yes. been a little daunting. It's uh, been a little challenging. But as the song says, we get by with a little help from our friends. That's and true. And I thank you to those in SR land because you have all been very wonderfully supportive during some challenging times. So thank you for that. Are, uh, mine's been oh, not shabby i got tickets to see bruce on broadway today yes, yes oh my yes. gosh that's so, I'm so exciting excited. so i excited. heard the show is phenomenal i'm hoping you know july 13th watch out new york i'm in <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait to hear how that show i we might you might have to do a broadcast a podcast from uh you think so? What day, are you there? Is it? It's not during the week, is it? Are you there for yeah, it's a weekend a Friday. show? It's a, it's a Friday oh. night. It's a Friday night. Hey, it's a Friday night. Maybe that could tie into one of our. Uh, That's true. One of our That's Friday true. night podcasts. And Betty was saying that we could. You never know. Uh, Betty is saying that the boss finally came back from his cave, and uh, she's glad he's back. So am I. I'm, I just I've missed him. Yeah. You know? Yes, yeah. and Lorraine has said that friends and wine do help, and I agree with that completely, Lorraine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very much so, and hoping that SR continues to uh, get better. Um, I know he has been under the weather, and he is missed when he's not online. We like to have him out and uh, sharing his thoughts and humor his with the world. And his humor especially. Exactly. That's one, thing, that's one thing that I I do appreciate about him is his humor. It can be quite funny. And the other day I was I, I was flipping through channels and Flight of the Concords came on, and they did the Wednesday song Business Time, and I started laughing hysterically because he was the first person I thought of with that song. <laughs> <laughs> Betty had said yes, we missed him. Hi, mm -hmm. Kez. I see Kez joined us, and 
But he also said during uh, the show, we won't be able to hear Pam. We'll just sneak no, to the I concert with her. <laughs> I, I know. I would love to be in her suitcase as well, Betty. Trust me, I think that's going to be a really great opportunity to hear Bruce Springsteen in that forum. I, I've heard some really so. great things about it, too. I've heard, you know, he, he really goes, I don't know if anybody read his autobiography, but um, it, it, it starts, he it pretty much goes through his, the book like that and the songs that are associated with the, some of the stories. And I heard a, a Reese Witherspoon went to see, went to the show a couple of weeks ago and she was on one of the late night, I don't know, with Stephen Colbert or somebody. And she was saying that she had never seen Bruce in concert and she got tickets to see this and she went and she said it was the most incredible show she's ever been to. So fingers crossed. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm and so excited for you. I really am. Oh, and we have Karen joining us, too. Hi, and Kez. And Kez is listening, I know. too. So it's good to see everybody. Yes, definitely. So aside from my Bruce announcement. <laughs> yes, yes. Karen, if you just joined, you might not have heard. Uh, tickets were purchased today by Ms. Pam to go see her favorite, Bruce. the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's bouncing around. I am in podcast am. land, and and Jacques has not come back with my wine, so I, I need it to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a couple of announcements today. Um, Gabriel's Infer- Gabriel's uh, fan podcast is uh, not going to be on next Sunday because it's Easter. Happy Easter, everyone! But we'll be back on April eighth at five p.m. Uh, Trilogia uh, Gabrielle is uh, Saturdays at 3 p.m. and they're going through El Extasis de Gabrielle. On uh, Noites Influencia, they're doing the Inferno de Gabrielle and they've been on a bit of a break and I just couldn't find when they were coming back. So if anybody knows, please make sure you post it. Um, we know that there is good news coming. International news and other good news. So cannot wait so excited yep yep i am too and uh can't wait to hear what it is and then our next big friday night podcast will be april 16th at 9 p.m so those who can't join you know during the you know during our normal wednesday we'll be back on that friday and we'll just go over what we've gone over a little bit and kibitz and shoot the breeze and chew the fat and do whatever exactly maybe have a cocktail perhaps on or Friday 20, yes. evening, or, or Friday morning for, for our friends across the globe. Mm-hmm. You we can have a morning cocktail. We that's right, tell. mimosas, bloody marys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh-huh. Aperitifs. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Betty's wishing people happy Easter. Thank you. Kez says, "Love the boss." Wish she could join you. I wish. Don't she could we all, too. Kez? Don't we all? <laughs> and Betty's looking forward to Easter because she'll be finally able to eat chocolate on Easter Sunday, and she cannot wait. I'm sure. And I am sure because you are a stronger-willed woman than I, Betty. Maybe it's because I live so close to Hershey and I can smell the chocolate. But that is a <laughs> lot of temptation. It is a lot uh, of temptation. To give up. So kudos to you. Um, Karen also mentioned that she saw Bruce and it was a rock and roll religious experience. So yeah, I, I can he, only imagine. He is. He is. I, I can honestly... My experience with Bruce goes back to about 1974. 
Oh. He was supposed to play my high school. Oh, my gosh. And we couldn't raise the money to bring him in. So he, oh didn't, my he gosh. didn't play the high school, but I did get the chance to meet him in 1977. Um, uh, there was a, um, a guy who, I worked in an answering service, and there was a guy who mm-hmm. had an account there who had a limousine service, and he was young, and, you know, I was, I think, 22 at the time, and a couple of the other girls were, like, 19, 20, and we'd all pile into his roommate's vet, about six of us, and go to their apartment. And uh, I, this one particular day, I was up there, and I'd gotten to know his roommate, Denny, pretty well. And I was up helping Denny out because he had had some back surgery. And uh, Gary comes walking into his apartment, and who's with him but Bruce Springsteen. Oh and it was, it was when the Wild, the Innocent, and the East Street Shuffle had just been released. And so he really wasn't well, well known, but he was, you know, known mm-hmm. and uh, an amazing And he experience. was beautiful. Oh, he was so cute. <laughs> He's very that. short. He was very gruffy. Um, looked like he had Adorable. about a week and a half's work of, worth of beard. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, he says, "Hi, I'm Bruce." I'm like, "God, yeah, I know, I <laughs> duh." Um, yeah, so it was good. And then I, I've seen him in concert. I saw him at the No Nukes concert in yes uh, in Madison Square Garden. It was his thirtieth birthday, and he he was crazy. And <laughs> I saw him again at the Garden um, on the the river, his first river tour. And that he was, I saw him again at Nassau Coliseum on that tour as well. And uh, then I saw him again at Spectrum in Philadelphia. Saw him outside the Today Show. And I also saw him again, Madison Square Garden. And that was the last big concert that I saw of him at, at Madison Square Garden. So this is this will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And it's a completely different experience. So I think it's yes. going to be very personal and very moving. And I cannot wait to hear about it. And, and I would love and, to get a ticket. But those yeah. things go fast. Oh I'm happy God. you were able to get one. Well, I, I, Mango was tri- Mango got on notice today that she could get them too. But she, uh, they the real the they they came in two sections. Uh, Seventy five dollars to four hundred dollars, and five hundred dollars to eight hundred and fifty dollars. And you had to put the special code in, and it, it brought them up, and you, that whole bunch of all the dates that he just announced, and you could go in and pick whatever you wanted. So I was trying to actually trying to get the seventy-five dollar seats because it's it's pricey, and uh, mm-hmm. figured I'd be up in a balcony somewhere, which was fine with me. And uh, <laughs> uh, the the cheapest ticket I could get was four hundred dollars, and it was in the orchestra. So. I'm breaking into the piggy bank to cover that. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you got to do. Anyhow. I love so. it. Well, we have lots of chat going on in the chat room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I know uh, that Kesba, she's starting at 730 today, so she's listening as she gets ready for work. So cool. glad you could join us. Betty's been suffering for 40 days. And this is the croissants mm-hmm. with the chocolate filling and donuts. Mm-hmm. I again, Betty, I commend you. Um, it's going to be a cold, know, long wait for that book, Betty. <laughs> Betty, I'm working on her. Tr- 
trust me. <laughs> you know I always say, Pam, when you're writing your book, uh, I think it would be a bestseller. So you have some good stories. And, no, and we're all hoping Karen feels better today because I know she's yes. been struggling a bit and hoping that you're having better day uh, and pain-free day at that, KK. Exactly. Happy exactly. you could join us. Oh, and Betty says, Pearlene says hello. She can't join the show, but she is thinking of us. Well, thank you. And hello, Pearling, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you on the 8th. Exactly, and if, and, and if you can enjoy, if you can join us on that Friday, that would be fun too. <laughs> okay, so we might need to bribe you with wine. That's mm-hmm. what Betty said. Mm-hmm. 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 So, so we shall now start chapter six. Chapter six. We're already at chapter six. I can't believe it. I know. I know. In my book, I can't fold it down yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, we're getting there. Though. We're getting, we're getting there. there. So we're at the Hotel Vitoire, yes. and uh, apparently they have they have a lot of wealthy guests with a lot of crazy requests, and yes. one of them being Pierre Breckman and his uh, Saint Teresa's relic. Now she's kind of annoyed because of the way he had threatened her last time, or felt like he was threatening her. Right. And she really was. She really was upset about that, and that really gave her cause. And I think questioned her whole opinion of Pierre. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, she kind of was pushing him off to the side and focusing on other guests because she was really annoyed that he was asking some of these strange requests. Yes. Um, and so while she was helping other guests and working very diligently, when she had her breaks, she went back and was scouring Marcel's journal. Mm-hmm. because she wanted to find out what was going on, what was so special about that meeting. She was trying to find clues, being the detective that she had within her soul. and Trying to decipher a shorthand, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, when you're trying to be discreet about things, you will often write things that only you will understand and have it make sense to you. So when you're a, a third party looking into that, you can't really make uh, make any sense of what you were, the writings were. As as SR wrote, you know, there's nothing out of the ordinary. Full names and details were omitted. Mm-hmm. And since she didn't know what she was looking for, the search seemed hopeless. Yes, it did. Uh, so at the end of the day, she decided to turn her attention to Nicholas's, or I should say Pierre Brackman's, <laughs> relic <laughs> request. Oh, God. <laughs> And as she turned her attention to the request for the St. Teresa of Avila relic, which is Al's in the town of Alba de Tormes, uh, we had a little background. Again, this is where SR is being his lovely didactic self and teaching us mm-hmm. um, so much about history and culture. She reflected that the church would never sell first-class relics. However, one could acquire a third-class relic, Mm -hmm. a piece of cloth that had been touched to a first-class relic quite easily. And as we look to the St. Teresa of Avila relic itself, uh, St. Teresa was a Carmelite nun, the patron saint of Spain, and she authored writings on the Counter-Reformation, 
was a great theologian on the contemplative life through mental prayer and educated by the Augustinians, which, as Pam will tell you... Villanova, is... Final Four! Villanova all the way. Um, yes, we're from Pennsylvania, and in the United States, there is a, the college basketball championships are going on. And Villanova, which is in the My Augustinian tradition. That's right. Well, you have a, a grand history um, with uh, Villanova, true, with your true. background. True. Um, you have a lot of family who went to Villanova, correct? My, yeah, my grandfather, my father, his brother. Um, my grandfather was a professor at Villanova in engineering, too. So I, I root for Villanova any chance I get. And he, he retired the year before I graduated from high school. And if he had continued while I was teaching, well, I, after I graduated, I could have gotten a free ride because he was a That's professor. That's amazing. Amazing. Oh, well, no such luck. Anyhow. <laughs> Anyhow. What are you going to do? And I know, I know. The, but, I mean, St. Teresa was well-educated, well-regarded, and venerated in not just the Roman Catholic Church, but also in Anglican and Lutheran churches as well. Right. So, you know... Um, Cassia is looking for this first-class relic. So I was looking, and, and she's saying, well, you know, the church doesn't sell first-class relics. So I was like, you yeah, know, I don't know. I, so I, I just put in Google, uh, first-class relics for sale, and came up with all these websites. One is a Russian website that would not only sell first-class relics, but also had some beautiful old Russian icon paintings that they had for sale. But I found a lot on eBay as well, believe it or not. And I know that um, in researching the set, how you know the selling, you're not allowed to do it. I found out that the Catholic Church is really trying to get eBay to to bring that stuff down because they shouldn't be sold. But um, it also in the research looking at this canon law uh, popped up at Canon Law 1190 from the Catholic Church, which is for. Tess says that it's forbidden to sell relics whether or not they are human remains because some of the first class relics aren't necessarily human remains and that could be um, the physical body or bones or blood or hair is usually what a first class relic is. There are second class relics which could be personal possessions, clothing devotional objects, handwritten letters, furniture, anything that was con contained within the that particular saint's hobbit hole for lack of a better word and mm -hmm. then the third class relics which are something where you know maybe a cloth touched it the first class relic and and they're the ones like i um i don't know how many are catholic here but have gone to shrines and i have been to a couple of them um saint Anne de beaupre up in quebec and um there's one for St. Teresa La Sur, the little flower. She's That one was in uh, Niagara Falls. And then there's uh, Padre Pio, which has one here, and I think it's Balto, Pennsylvania. And when you go in, the, the relics that they give that you can buy are these like little discs or whatever. And they can be, you can, usually there's a priest there that will bless them for you. But that's that would be a third class relic. Mm -hmm. A lot, the other thing a lot of times what I saw on eBay was when you had the first class relic for sale it was basically the receptacle of the relic it wasn't the relic itself so but I know that 
If you want one, you can get one on eBay. <laughs> or at least Which, allegedly you can get one on eBay. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, and in, in the chat room, we have some of the ladies. Uh, Kez actually also had a chance to see the boss once in Australia. She said it was an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. He's a true entertainer. Absolutely. And uh, she said, Pam, it's going to be an awesome experience for you. Betty uh, also said, uh, Betty had mentioned that uh, it was Detective Acacia. Uh Um, (laughs) I know that uh, she also said the impossible but oh so sexy man in the black suit, Pierre Uh Pierre. She also said when you were talking about this and you were doing your search that you needed Professor Emerson's help. <laughs> Pierre needed to call you, Pam. Exactly. I could have told him I could pinpoint right where, and it's, he could have gotten something. <laughs> I know. And Tierra said that she hasn't been to any shrines, but I believe, too, I mean, where if you're traveling around, you can find, you'd be surprised how many, how many I, churches I, you can go to, and they do own or possess various relics. It's it's remarkable, really. I mean, we, I was traveling in St. Louis, and the cathedral there, I believe, had a few uh, relics as well. And that was a remarkable uh, structure. Oh. If you're ever in St. Paul and uh, Minneapolis, well, actually, no, this St. Louis. I also saw a cathedral at St. Paul, um, and the, beautiful. I mean. I, I often will visit churches in different areas and actually different houses of worship because you can learn a lot about the culture in oh, the yeah. region. Definitely. It's really, really a neat experience. Well, um, within what... driving distance from here is the shrine uh, at Mount St. Mary's um, for Elizabeth Ann Seton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of a neat place to go to. You know, and, and a lot of them, I you know, St. Teresa Lasur, the little flower is... Um... We never knew this particular shrine was there. My sister was looking for a place to go to Mass. She saw St. Teresa around the corner. She's like, okay, let's do this before we take off. We did. And we found out it was a whole shrine to her. Um, and which was very, that's my brother-in-law is a florist. So he, she's the patron saint of florists. So that was important for them. Well, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, uh, we had been to St. Anne de Beaupre in Quebec. Um, it's about 45 minutes east of Quebec City, um, which which very cool. St. Anne was uh, Mar- the Blessed Virgin's mother, was Mary's mother. And uh, that was really cool. And they have this huge complex there. And uh, to be honest with you, I'm not that religious, but when I go to these, I like going to these places because they're just, just, I don't know, there's something peaceful and very spiritual there so in any event um so now Acacia is decided that she's going to go her shift is ended um she's going to go to the get changed and she goes gets out of her uniform and she goes into the Hotel Vitoise bar beautifully and classically decorated bar and which I'm sure it is (laughs) And she says it was mostly hotel guests at the, that point, and the only employee there was Carlos, and he was the bartender from Spain. Um, and he, she had asked him about the other employees, and he said that they had all come in earlier and had their cocktail, and 
and took off. So, you know, she's been spending so much time with this ledger, she probably got caught up in it, I guess. I don't know. Um, but as she got there, uh, Carlos uh, said that he had some gifts for her, and one was a bottle of Louis Roderer Cristal, and uh, that's a pretty expensive champagne. I happened to look it up in Pennsylvania. We have what that's what's known as a state store, so I looked it up online on their site, and you can get it here. And the um, the regular Cristal is about two hundred fifty dollars a bottle, and if you wanted the pink champagne or the rosé Cristal, that's about four hundred and fifty dollars. It is rated 95 on Wine Spectator, if anybody ever follows that for when they're buying wine. The higher on the Wine Spectator list, the better it is, apparently. And uh, But she said it tasted wonderful, and it was fruity and spicy, and it had something floral. And she loved the way the bubbles like danced in her mouth. That would uh, be she, so wonderful. I, Betty mentioned that she wasn't expecting Pierre to be so generous. I know. I thought I that was, great, but you know, but the other thing is, too, is I was thinking about it, you know, the, the champagne is wonderful, especially this wonderful bottle of champagne and buying the employees a drink at the bar, mm-hmm. but I, 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 yeah, I started thinking, you know, he's probably trying to buy her off a little bit, you know, he's kind of nasty to her, and um, so let's make it, he, he's, he's got money to burn, so let's, let's blow it on the champagne. Which sounds right, like trying tits. to and trying to smooth everything over, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to make sure that Carlos had a glass, and um, bartenders on duty, uh, they normally it, it depends upon where you are, but normally they try not to drink uh, at the bar. I know right. many of the bars that I've gone into in New York, and the one that I worked in briefly. You bought a bartender a drink, and they bought you too. So I mean, it was. <laughs> it's very common right right and plants, often but... too at the end of a shift mm-hmm. especially yeah. I, I know when when we were in Minneapolis and we were closing out a bar on 4th of July mm-hmm. uh, we had very attentive bartenders at a wonderful place called Betty Dangers if you're ever in Minneapolis you have to go there because it actually has a Ferris wheel on property that you can go and take Ferris wheel rides called Dangering and enjoy a cocktail. So while you're, while you're that's my little on the plug Ferris for Betty Dangers. Yes. Oh, good. Yes, I saw fireworks <laughs> from a Ferris wheel. Um, I was on the Ferris wheel for over an hour and a half because nobody was there. Everybody was out and about at their family events. Mm-hmm. But we stayed and closed out the bar. Mm-hmm. And we bought the bartender's drinks because they were so lovely and gracious to us. So... Yeah, they the were allowed to have it since it was the end of the night, but typically they would not, they would refrain from it mm-hmm. during uh, working hours. So, so Betty's also saying that maybe uh, he's trying to make her happy. He seems to be interested in Acacia. <laughs> you never know. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. She did catch his eye. She did. And he she does, did. and he does kind of seem to keep thinking about her. He does, doesn't so. he? Mm-hmm. Well, the other neat thing was that he also, Carlos also handed her a little shopping bag, and inside the shopping bag was a brioche from Guy Savoy. (laughs) Oh my, no, no, but it was wrapped in cellophane, and 
gotta go back to Paris for the good brioche. <laughs> <laughs> so Betty also wants to know where they the fireworks like ha 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 or were they real fireworks? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Betty, you are cracking me up. Uh, it's actually real live fireworks, Fourth of July. <laughs> it was actually the year that Prince passed away. And they did a fireworks tribute to Prince because Minneapolis was the home of Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, obviously, there was a lot of purple involved. It was spectacular. And from the top of the Ferris wheel, you could see not just the Minneapolis display, but displays from all over the Midwest um, from that vantage point because it was mm-hmm. a high. I, you know what? I, if I can find the website, I'm going to post. <laughs> we will post okay. the website. We'll send okay. it out on Twitter, so I can okay. tell you. Right. I can I can prove this is not um, that these were actual real fireworks. Cool on That's a real cool. on a real Ferris wheel. So we digress. We digress. <laughs> but so while she's she's looking at this brioche from Guy Savoy, she's thinking about the caustic words that um, he had mentioned about her profession, and you know she's got this art degree. Why aren't you using it? The whole thing that he she went through last time and uh you know she's like well well not a psychologist his his actions did not match his description as a guest from marcel's book and exactly she knew something was off she knew something was off because she's smart yeah so she kind of figured the brioche and the champagne were her way his way of apologizing so she's no, but she said no gift, no matter how generous, could make her forget his words. And she continued to sip the champagne while chatting with Carlos. And then she packaged it all up, stuffed it in her bag, and found the doorman to help her uh, get to her motorcycle with the concealed champagne. I would have drank it all right at the bar, but that's that's me. Never, <laughs> never, never let an open bottle of wine go to waste around me. That's for sure. that does not surprise me one bit Pam. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. (laughs) well you know from from that point you know obviously well I was thinking about this um and the fact that she really was she felt that something was off I I thought spoke to I like the way SR wrote her character and I, I loved her character because she really is her own woman she's very independent minded and I think she also is obviously very decent and very generous because you know, she had this special bottle of champagne that she wanted to share right away. Yeah. You know, she was very, she's a very giving person. So I, I like that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Betty, you're making me laugh. Uh, she said, you said an hour. I was trying to figure out what type of fireworks you were ta- talking about, <laughs> Leslie. She said, Pierre needs to beg a little more. And she said, Pam will serve a champagne on a little cup with ice and a straw. <laughs> well, I, could, I could put a, I could put a, a straw in the bottle. <laughs> Who needs a straw? Just drink it straight. Straight from the bottle. <laughs> Nothing like $450 champagne uh, from straight from the bottle. Yes, why oh not? Oh, my gosh. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> So the following evening, Acacia went to the guest's penthouse suite. So Rick was being aloof and unfriendly, opened the door. He was not very welcoming at all. 
he's you know reading rick like this is like oh rick don't be an ugly american but that's how i viewed him yeah it's kind of like what he's like yeah well and not just that but just very you know professional yes unfeeling but i think a little just rude he's suspect of everyone but you have to be that way in that yeah i mean but you look Um, at taylor from 50 shades and taylor's not like that i know taylor's adorable yes so that's true you you can you can still be serious and professional and be friendly i think rick just was suspicious of everybody and I think he liked to have that intimidation factor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Rick escorted her down the hall and into the living room. And Monsieur Breckman stood at a glass table, holding a white sheet, billowing it over the table, obscuring a painting from view. And Acacia caught a brief glimpse, um, but the guest blocked her path. So I... When I read that, I thought, oh, my gosh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And wondering what the painting was. And mm-hmm. knowing that Monsieur Breckman knew that she studied at the Sorbonne, you know, I would think he'd want to share with her this artwork because she knows art think. and he's think. hiding it from her. So that kind of rang some danger bells in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um and Betty said Taylor was not protecting someone who bought art in the black market. True. True. But. <laughs> this is true. Considering what's going on with um, with NDA agreements, I, 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 I've I got some questions for Erica Neil James. <laughs> this <laughs> is true. In regard to NDAs and Christian, but that's for another time. <laughs> Um, and when when Acacia actually saw the artwork, she did seem, she said it seemed familiar. It's written that it seemed familiar to her. And he, Pierre Breckman asked her, Mademoiselle, you know, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. And she said his expression seemed to be unsettling. Uh, his brows were knitted together and he examined her closely. So she could see bodyguards on the terrace without their jackets. She saw their guns. And this made her heart rate increase. And the guest, who was dripping in tension, made her feel as if she interrupted something dangerous. And again, Akasi has this sense, you know, about her. She's very street smart. Mm-hmm. And she just felt like something was not right. And she tried to relax and used her martial arts training to relax a bit and look around the room for all exits because she is always thinking and always always on, thinking ahead mm-hmm, always always planning her exit route right mm-hmm. now Kez had said $450 for the champagne wow that would have to be recorded on the gift register at work <laughs> <laughs> definitely oh yes definitely oh, yeah. um and Betty said, Acacia must have good eyes. It would probably take me a while to recognize the painting without my glasses. <laughs> I'm sure she does. Context. This is true. This is true. Uh, uh, he asked her if he wanted, you know, he more or less was like, so you wanted to speak with me? And he was taking off his white gloves. So I know 
one of my dearest friends who I'm sad to say is no longer with us on this planet um, was a museum uh, museum and historian museum specialist and historian and she always carried white gloves with her that's something that you use for old documents any kind of artifacts any kind of thing of value yeah so he pulled he pulled his gloves off so i'm thinking that would also give her a a hint you know a kind of a hint that something's going on i just read something about from the ashmolean museum Mm -hmm. because i i get mail from there since i went there and um they say that not to use the white gloves anymore because that could cause more damage to the paper than than your hands well, Which I surprised me. That surprises me too. And maybe it's certain relics versus not. And I don't know about artwork versus not. I just remember yeah. when, well, um, I know when she was handling certain artifacts for an exhibit at the State Museum in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. she had she had to wear the gloves. They were yeah, very. Yeah, I mean, and you know uh, even. Raven they when were... she was doing the the restoration. The restoration. Mm-hmm. She had to, but this was I just saw this. It was uh, I, sometime last month, because um, the Ashmolean was doing something about books and and uh, going on about them and and some some of their books are like you know eight nine hundred years old, and how that they they said not to do the gloves anymore, which again that really surprised me. So, anywho, anywho, anywho. So, and Betty asked, what about plastic gloves? Betty, good call, because I'm thinking there are certain gloves, there's probably certain fibers that you can use, certain, you know, mm-hmm. versus other kinds of fiber. Um, plastic would be interesting. <laughs> and Betty said the boss needs to do more research. He, he does very well. <laughs> Let him get better first before he starts doing yes, research. Yes, he needs to do research when he's healthy. Yes. Because too much research when you're unhealthy may lead to more exhaustion. More unhealthy, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh So she's responding to his question because he was asking about how things were, his special requests. He was asking about how things were going with the tailor. Um, And she said, good. And, but he said that he's going to have to leave earlier than planned. So he will catch up with the tailor next time. And then I see Kez is laughing at us. (laughs) (laughs) She then told him about his second special request, the relic. And she was very clear. She said she can easily get a third class relic for him. But first class relics were not sold by the church. And, you know, we think Pierre's testing her on this one to see how far she will go. He tells her that if there is a buyer, there is always a seller. Um, and it definitely seems like he's trying to push her and see what she will and will not be willing to do for a guest. Um, because he didn't seem surprised or upset about it. Um, mm-hmm. And that wasn't the reaction she was expecting, given his prior behavior. Betty said, true, we'll send him plenty of chicken soup and lots and hot tea. That should help him feel better. Agreed, well, you know, the, Betty. The, you know, Kez and I, when we were doing this, the um, Florentine podcast, ha ha ha, was the start <laughs> or, or yeah. was the result of research. 
<laughs> That's right. I do recall that now. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, uh, Lorraine actually said he definitely was testing her. Yes. And Betty said that's true. Um, she was also staring at him, not only because of his reaction, um, and not at his scar, but at the gloves he was putting in his pockets. Um, she's making those mental notes that something's not adding up mm-hmm. right. And Karen said, I think so, and also to see who would come forward. Agreed, Karen. Agreed. Um, she is ignoring his scar now at this point. Of course, she learned that the hard way after he kind of admonished her for that. Um, but I, I found that kind of interesting because now mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, he did, she didn't notice it, but I thought it was also interesting the way SR wrote it saying, and she wasn't looking at his scar at this point. Mm-hmm. I th- I, Indeed, I she'd almost forgotten it existed. Mm-hmm. So I did think that was interesting too. I think she was on that um, on hyper alert though. She's feeling that something's not right. Mm-hmm. And I think she's you know, trying to look at all of the environmental clues going on to make sure that she's not in any danger. After all, you know, Marcel had been badly beaten right. and now she's serving as the concierge uh, to the man who arrived the day after he was, Marcel was badly mm-hmm. beaten. Now, Betty said, um, well, Kez said there's never enough research, right, Pam? <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And Betty said when Pierre (laughs) requested the relic, um, she thought he was going to use it as a way to protect himself from the underworld. Right? I know. Well, you know. Little uh... weaving, weaving. Every time time we discussed relics in this book, you know, obviously my mind went straight back to the Florentine series because of of William. William. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she said maybe by now she is more concerned with her safety and less worried and curious of Pierre's scar. That and I agree well with be. that. that mm-hmm. well and she tells him she can secure a third class relic, but he says he wants a first class, but obviously not from the church. Um, <laughs> and I was Sam like, can, oh, <laughs> can tell you, <laughs> check eBay. She could find one out there. <laughs> and she respectfully disagreed uh, because the church forbids the selling of first class relics. Um, and as Pam can point out, in canon law, 1190, and uh, that's the, the no-no. That's one. clearly stated by the Roman Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. No selling of the relics. Um, and I thought this was interesting. Um, and he keeps saying, and I love this quote, Again, mademoiselle, you've been looking in the wrong direction. The guest gave her a knowing look. Marcel was extremely creative in his problem solving. Perhaps you could be similarly creative. Most definitely he's testing her there. Mm-hmm. Most Throwing definitely. down the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and Betty said, on eBay, Pierre will also find Gabriel's underwear and Willie's hankies. That's very true. <laughs> Just make sure you look under Snarky's name and you'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Snarky has that sombrero as well. Yes, he does, but he uses that <laughs> yes, for he obvious does. reasons. We don't want we don't want that on eBay. No. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> so I love how we devolve a conversation about canon law <laughs> into snarky and his sombrero. into snarky and sombreros and Willie Sankeys. <laughs> exactly, Pam. Exactly. So that so as as uh, she's holding out his he's holding out his arms and he's you know thanking her for everything and uh, she he was uh, trying to obscure her view of this painting that was there and uh, telling her that he was leaving the next day she, uh, that but that she would be well looked after so you know he's he's referring to whatever tip she would get from him. And I'm sure it would have been rather, it was well-deserved after what he put her through. Anyhow, um, when she was looking at the painting, she saw that the brush strokes made it almost look impressionistic. And uh, so that's uh, made it interesting for her. Uh, and it was, as she was getting ready to go, uh, she told him that Francois would be available to help her out, help him out because he was there for the evening and to enjoy his evening and to have a great night. Uh, there was, just for some unknown reason, she decided to turn toward the painting and her immediate thought was of the Musée, Musée d'Art Moderne who had the uh, big theft of a painting. It was of a, a Henry Matisse. Um, and hadn't exactly. he suggested a Matisse the other day to her. Um, they'd been talking about it two days ago. And she narrowed her eyes so she could look at the brush strokes. And one of the things, one, my, my neighbor Phil, and I, I talk about him a lot, but one of the, the great joys of going to an art museum with him, knowing that he studied in Florence and, and uh, he was, you know, he's been all over Europe looking at paintings uh, in his younger years. Looking at the brush stroke, looking at how the brush stroke works, and what it does um, for you, like Monet, will will rip. You can look at ripples in the water, the way the lights and the shadows work, and the colors that that are used. And so I thought it was very interesting that she was looking at um, Matisse's uh, brush strokes. Uh, then she her she sort of narrowed her eyes and 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 they became hidden. Uh, then Monsieur Breckman immediately was like, "Come on, let's go." And he's like, "Well, thank you again, Miss Miss um, Mademoiselle." And he's he's you know questioning about how discreet she can believe, be, because um, she's supposed to pride herself in that. And she says, "Yes, Monsieur." And he's saying, "Well, you know, your discretion will be rewarded." Another hundred euros into her her tip, I bet. So uh, Rick appeared beside her, and he didn't touch her, but he started, like, herding her out of the door. And she gave the guest a single backward glance, and she then focused on the on the carpeting in front of her. Um, she, you yeah, know... I, was, I thought that was curious, you know. Yeah. I thought she was... I think she was just trying to focus on not staring at the photo not not making any moves trying to be that invisible concierge that she uh really tries to play that mm -hmm. role mm -hmm. and trying to be very um very incredibly discreet i guess mm -hmm. um you know ignoring the other bodyguards entering the hall walking quickly to the elevator 
um, pressing the button and looking over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And Betty said maybe Pierre was trying to spark her curiosity. I think I I do think he I he's testing her. I, he's I testing really her in do. Some way, yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. You know. And, oh, see the painting. Don't see the painting. See the painting, but don't look at it. Right. Yeah. And he, you know, it's it's dangling it's dangling the prize, right? I mean, he knows mm-hmm. she's uh, an art historian. I mean, that is what she studied, and to have something hidden like that within her grasp, and not have someone offer that to you when you know darn well that you studied at the Sorbonne where your sister studied. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it it was it was he was being placing the temptation in front of her most definitely um and then you know she was she was just trying to exit the situation and rick was watching her the entire time as she was waiting for the elevator Mm -hmm. her thoughts were racing monsieur breckman's a wealthy businessman whose photographs don't appear on the internet he's supposed to attend a meeting that marcel arranged possibly with someone called v and then Marcel was attacked. And she's going through all these clues. She's putting these pieces together. Breckman asked her to source a relic and said she should be creative. Mm-hmm. Is he trying to get me to find someone who could steal one for him? Um, he has a large security detail and what possibly is a stolen painting. And he's throwing money at her, essentially mm-hmm. trying mm-hmm. to keep her mouth shut, probably. Mm-hmm is where she's thinking. And, you know, when the elevator doors closed, Acacia really kind of was overwhelmed, you know, Mm -hmm. all these clues coming together. Um, And she really believed at that point, as the elevator was closing and she was heading downstairs, that Monsieur Breckman was in possession of one of the most famous pieces of stolen art and he was about to leave the hotel with it. Right. Now, Betty seems to think that Pierre must be friends with Christian Gray. <laughs> come, come here. Don't come. Come, come, go away. <laughs> he does yeah. seem to be very mercurial, Betty. I will give you that. I, I, I saw similarities between the two, especially after his behavior earlier at the um, when he was checking into the hotel. Mm-hmm. And he's very, he's very, uh, he's a very dominant personality. A bit, you think? Mm-hmm. Well, not, that's tough because he's dominant in a different way, obviously, yeah, than yeah, Christian obviously. would be dominant. And Acacia is definitely not Anastasia, right? True. Well, yeah, well, also, you know, Pierre Breckman or Nicholas is actually a Leo on the horoscope. And they're mm-hmm. very domineering. Yes. Just in, in general. So, yeah. Yes, they are. And Betty agrees. Yes, yes, he is. So. And there was the end of Chapter 6, chapter ladies. Six. Mm-hmm. Yes. I cannot wait to see what comes next. Because that was that was they, very um, intense. It was intense. And now what? And what's she going to do? You know, she mm-hmm. thinks he is in possession of famous stolen French art. stolen art. 
Um, and Betty, yes, he is not as dominant as Christian. And thank God Acacia is no Anastasia. No. Just very different people. They're, they do share some qualities, but they're also very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, let's be honest, she is a, a, at a different age. And that oh, yeah. makes a difference. They're both at different, you know, the characters are in different um, different demographic buckets, shall we say. You know, exactly. Both, uh, Christian and Anna are the 20-somethings, and... Pierre the uh, and Pierre and Acacia are thirty somethings, so very different. Very much mm-hmm. uh, life experience has happened in those ten years. It does, and Acacia <laughs> made Christian run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christian would like Acacia. I think he would like that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but he only has eyes for his Anna. So. That's true. That's very true. Which Thank I love. God. Yes. I know. Although I did read something somewhere that if she had had to write more books extending their life together, mm-hmm. she probably would have gotten into divorce and child custody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I would hope not. I would hope I not want too, that but happy it, it, ending. I think I think I saw that either in her bunker page or some other page that she had. But mm-hmm. that's another thing so, yeah. <laughs> and Betty said that's true they have di- experienced different things Acacia had to grow quickly very true Very true. so as we wrap up the show I'm, I had one affirmation that I actually put out earlier today some of you may have seen it uh, we had a lot of prayer going around today a lot of positivity in the last several days uh, because we've had some challenges um through illness and through job situations and through people you care about going through tough times. So I had actually sent this affirmation um, when I was responding to MJ, who is with her family currently and couldn't join us today. And I had said, I'm thankful for your beautiful soul and for our caring community. Hashtag SR affirmation, hashtag grateful. And to follow up on being grateful and an SR affirmation, we do have a little special message from our favorite author um, who has been under the weather a bit, but not too under the weather to wish our, my lovely podcast co-host Pam a special message for her birthday, which happens to be Easter Sunday, April 1st. He said, please give Pam my warmest birthday greetings and let her know that all the characters from the Florentine series and the man in the black suit got together to buy her a virtual bottle of champagne. Aww, that's very nice. from SR. Now, let me tell you, I was holding my breath because I had reached out to him and as you know he's been off the radar he's not been well Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. he made a point of making sure he sent a message just for you Pam oh that's very nice I'm very grateful thank you SR yes thank you you, SR and you're getting birthday wishes Pam from the the chat room Lorraine saying happy birthday Betty and Karen doing the awes that's Mm -hmm. so nice and I thought it was I thought it was very 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 nice very very thoughtful of him Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that this is the first birthday I've ever had that fell on a holiday. 
Well, I think I told you before the podcast, my husband considers your birthday a national holiday. Anyway, April 1st <laughs> in, the, in the U.S. is April is... Fool's Day. And for those who are not familiar with the crazy, I'm not sure if it's only American holiday, but it probably is. I haven't researched that. Um, but uh, my husband loves April Fool's Day because you play little jokes and little pranks on your friends. And he gets the greatest joy from ribbing people and having fun with them. So uh, that's his special holiday, um, which he gets to share with us on Easter this year. <laughs> and Tara says, oh, that's a great birthday gift. I agree, Tara. I think it's it lovely. Pam will have fun celebrating with Pierre and Willie. I will. And my and <laughs> Isabella and my sister and my brother-in-law and my son. We are having a Easter birthday brunch on the Moshlu, which is a ship in the Delaware in Philadelphia that turned into a restaurant. So that should that be very interesting. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a great time. Yeah. Very yeah. excited for you. I, I hide for all birthdays. But I did find <laughs> out, you, you, you want to know, you, I did a little research on April Fool's Day and how it came about. And it actually started at the change of the calendars between the Georgian and the Julian calendars. Mm -hmm. Because the originally on the old calendar, the new year was April 1st. And the um, when the calendar changed, it moved back up to January 1st to be the new year. So the French, leave it to the French, kept... <laughs> Um, kept celebrating April 1st as the new year and uh, the so they they were known as April Fools because they were still celebrating the new year on the 1st of April as opposed to January <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it <laughs> I love it I love it and you're getting more birthday wishes I from Kev. What a wonderful birthday wish from SR. Happy birthday, Pam, for Sunday. <laughs> and Betty said, I will always forget to look for pranks until it's April Fool's Day. By then, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, the big one <laughs> in my house was, you know, when I went to have you in the hospital, the doctor didn't believe me. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Yeah, that was my There's no daughters. joke there. No. The baby's coming, one way or the other. <laughs> my mother That's always great. had to. My mother always reminded me of that. So, anyway, thank you all again for your wishes, and thank you, SR. I, I greatly appreciate it. And Betty, I look it up because I, it's such an unusual. Well, it's not an unusual day. I have three three friends who celebrate their birthday on April first as well. So we all send each other notes. All and some of us haven't seen each other in like 25 years, but we still send each other notes. I think that's lovely. I love and, that. Yeah, and um, so that, you know, I, I just to add to the non-joke manner of the holiday, that's why I looked it up. But anyway, <laughs> so I wanted to wish everybody a very happy Easter. Enjoy your enjoy the day with your family and friends and uh Remember the meaning of the day and how beautiful it is. And uh, we will be back again next Wednesday That's at correct. 5 p.m. And uh, with Chapter 7 of The Man in the Black Suit. And we will see what's going on with 
Acacia and Pierre at that point. Yeah. I cannot wait to know what she's, what she's up to now. Exactly. I have a feeling to paraphrase Betty Davis. I have a feeling we're in for a bumpy ride. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Fasten your seatbelts. Yes. Yes. That'll be great. That'll be great. Anyway, so I'm going to leave you all now with a little bit of Moonlight in Vermont by Stan Getz and Astrid Gilberto. And uh, we, we hope you enjoy your weekend coming up and we'll talk to you all next week. Yes. Please take care, everyone. Thank you.